Buckle up that chin strap. It's time for college football across the South. The Southern Blitz is here with your co-hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Adair. All right, we are back. We had a great slate of games this past weekend. And you know what? If that wasn't enough, hey, we got another one coming. So we're going to keep talking college football. But you know what else? College basketball starts today. Drew, I know you're excited to talk about that. I'm not going to let you. I don't want to talk college basketball. I'm sorry. That was just mean, but I wanted to tease you a little bit. Um, you sure you don't want to? Uh, no. we're, not a co- we're not a college basketball pod? Are we sure? are a college football pod. Nobody wants to hear about the oh. Hogs winning the national title. Hey, okay. So, okay. If you say so, if you say so. But if it, hey, if this thing gets too dry though, I know where to go. I know hey, where to go. I know. There you go. I know. Well, you know, we we've got a lot of news to get into. Uh we got to go through our pick 'em, of course. Uh then we'll roll into our coach of the year candidate since we did a little bit of firing last week. Um and then we're going to bring back a segment from last year called Home for Christmas. So, Make sure you tune into that part to find out who we think is going to be staying home during the bowl season and uh, finishing with at least seven losses. Then the normal recap of last week, preview the next week, and finish up with the big three bets. You know Drew, what? Hey, and by the way, I feel like I feel like we uh, we're doing the home for Christmas segment for that for that random person that as soon as Halloween ended, they they put their tree up the day after. You know, <laughs> like like they put it up and they hung their lights. They was that they got was that you, Drew? Going. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think that's what I think. That's yeah. I mean, no, it was not me. It was not okay, me. okay. But uh, hey, you, never... you know what? My my wife is that person. She would yeah. put the tree up pretty much year round. So I, I can tell you right now, on November first, our Christmas lights got turned on. So okay, okay, good deal. Good yeah, deal. she uh, she was ready to go uh, at some point. That it very well might be this weekend. Won't be on Saturday. But this weekend, I might be putting up the Christmas tree. So I love it. You know, it, I love it. I, I'm not a big. I don't like Christmas music. I don't care about the tree. But I also don't want to get hit with hard objects if I, my wife doesn't get her Christmas in. So yeah. Well, hey, we don't want that. We don't want Brittany to be be upset. You do whatever she I'm says. Telling you, okay? She dropped a disposal on my hands. I, yeah, I, that's right. I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little scared right now. Yeah, DHS is headed to your house soon. I'm telling Seriously. you. No doubt. No doubt. Well, and I, you know what? If they did, I'd, I'd probably just crawl into their lap and and cry. Wait, <laughs> no, that wasn't me. That was no. that was high, returning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams, isn't that right, Drew? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He uh, he was quoted after the game saying he just wanted to go home and cuddle with his puppy on the couch and cry. And he'd cry with his mom too in the crowd. If you got to see that, uh, that, that I mean, sobbing matchup. Sobbing. I mean, literally. Yeah. I did not. I did not oversell that. He crawled up into the stands, laid across her lap. And she put a, uh, I don't know what it was, like a program or something over his face so you couldn't see him. But his chest is just convulsing from sobbing tears. Yeah, it was uh, quite the scene. I was watching that game. Uh, We were in Little Rock with some of Brittany's family. And Brittany's uh, 80-year-old grandmother were sitting there watching. The game was on in the background. And she looked up and said, why is that that young man convulsing, (laughs) crying? And I said, oh, he's just being a baby. She's like, oh, kids, kids these days can't handle the pressure. I'm telling you. I was like, exactly, exactly. Hey, the best part of that whole scene was if you go back and watch the slow-mo, there's a guy in the background. I don't know if he's a family member or what, but he's like, 
what the what what are you doing, Caleb? You know, pull yourself together. I mean, you can tell. I mean, seriously, like, what is going on? Like Drew, we've moment. we've seen players cry before. You know, yeah. after an emotional game, but. God, that is just such a bad, bad look. When you're trying to be the number one pick of the draft and the NFL scouts just watched you crawl into your mommy's lap and and yeah. sob after your third loss in the regular season. Like, yeah, uh, this wasn't a national title game where you came up just short. This was you, a game you lost by double digits, and yeah. it was your third loss. But you think you'd be used to it by now. Um, yeah. You know, and, if, and to be fair to – one, I think that's a terrible look, and it's not good for your draft stock. Because um, if anything, you know, NFL scouts are looking a lot at the mental aspect. Because again, they're they're making huge monetary investments in these players. That stuff matters. Um, but if anybody should have been crying, it should be should be their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, because he got fired the very next day. Yep, long overdue. Hey, yeah, and going back into our Christmas thing here, the Grinch has struck. The Grinch has struck right around Christmas. It's about time. Hey, honestly, this should have happened a long time ago. Jordan, you've been singing this tune for a long time that he was completely overrated. It, it's crazy how the tables turned, though, because two years ago, Alex Grinch might have been the hottest commodity in college oh, yeah. football. But uh, he is he is gone, and as he should be, because their defense is atrocious. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it, you know, at least this year the Grinch didn't steal Christmas. He just he just stole defense. Um, he stole tackling from USC. I mean, we we've watched him all year. Just be, I mean, if you watched any of the Washington USC game, it was fun. I mean, you got to watch Michael Penix and and Caleb Williams duke it out. Uh, but man, I, I just zero defense that you know not that i'm complaining I, I bet the over in this game at 76 and a half points and it, it easily hit that and almost got there by halftime so i was uh i was not too disappointed in the score but i was also not surprised right so me either but we can yeah i mean at this point usc is an afterthought in the college football conversation because now they're not only out of the playoff hunt they're pretty much out of the conference hunt too yep yep which they I think, are. and I don't remember who said it, so you know, I'm obviously not going to credit them like I should. But one of the interesting things I saw was, and again, I, I don't disagree. Caleb Williams might be one of the best college players of the past decade, you know, right there with with Trevor Lawrence. Well, this man not only has never won a national title, never made a playoff, he never won a conference championship. I mean, just a whole lot of nothing from a great talent. Yeah, and and you said it a minute ago. If I'm a if I'm a pro team looking at this guy, I'm not saying it keeps me from taking him, but I, I'm doing a second, <clears throat> third look, and I'm not taking him real high. I mean, he may be a right. generational talent, but, um, man, we've seen him crumble under pressure, honestly. We've seen him act immaturely. And, uh, I, I'm, I mean, what makes us think that he can handle an organization on his shoulders? I mean, seriously. Like, what gives you any confidence this guy can do that for you? So, Great talent, maybe he, but maybe he paints you know. something motivational on his fingernails to help inspire him. <laughs> maybe, or maybe he just needs his dog on the sideline that he can he can cuddle with. You know, maybe that'll help out. Maybe that'll. Hey, help. I I like dogs. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I don't know. Let's uh, let's move on to something a little bit. I don't know that's more heartwarming, but let's let's talk Michigan again, Drew. Uh, mm. We 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 got to go there. That that scandal's only getting worse. 
Um, you know, I, I saw Harbaugh obviously denied. I I know nothing about this guy. Yeah, yeah. And now there's there's photo videos, all kinds of stuff. That guy in Michigan gear on the Michigan sidelines during games, talking to other coaches, standing right <laughs> behind Harbaugh. Like, come on. I, I it just I think it's even worse because you're just treating us like a holes. Like we don't know what's going on here. Like at least admit it. But yeah, here we yeah. are now. As of today, actually, I don't know if you saw this, Drew, but. Uh, the Big Ten has notified Michigan that there may be impending discipline. And yeah. unlike the NCAA, the Big Ten does not have to wait for due process. They could very well slap them right now and say, hey, no Big Ten championship because of this nonsense. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, you got to think those other teams in the conference have to be pissed, Drew. I mean, you saw, for those of you who didn't see, I mean, Ryan Walters, the head coach of Purdue after Michigan beat him did a flyby. I mean, just kind of put his hand on, on hardballs and kept moving. Like you could tell that he just was disgusted with, with the whole deal. And, and they should be, I'd be yeah. pissed. I would be too. And we saw Matt rule come out today and basically say, Hey, you know, it's, it's a shame that we're sitting here. At, I think whether they're, they're five and four and uh, they need that extra win for a bowl game. He, he basically right. said it was a shame. They lost <clears throat> to the team that stole their signals before the game, which seems like a crybaby way to go about it, but this is just the beginning of the team to line up and say, "Hey, we want." Yeah, he he did the beamer. Yeah, right? he's, he's beamering. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna become a verb. Yeah, but the, we'll, we'll know, get basically into that. wanting the the win, you know, to be acknowledged that that they should have had, you know, and I don't. It, Jordan, could this? I'm starting to wonder if this could balloon and become something so big that it completely gets in the way of them making the college football playoff at I this hope point. So. I mean, I hope so, too. It should. Uh, here's, Honestly, here's, it should. Here's my concern. You've seen, you've seen scandals like this before. And, and it, honestly, Drew, it depends on who it is. Like, when it's yeah. been a, when it, whenever it's been a big brand in college football, it's always felt like nothing happens. Um, I mean, go back to LSU. They literally stole money from kids with cancer to pay for recruits and buy recruits before NIL. And, again, Reminder for those that don't know what they did. They had a, I don't remember what his position was within the children's cancer fund, but he embezzled millions of dollars and then got caught. And as part of his plea bargain had to admit where he got it. Um, And two of the, where they, where that money went was to two different recruits that LSU signed. Um, And again, nothing happened to LSU. Um, You know, you see, We've seen scandals. We've we saw the Baylor deal, which the NCAA didn't get into because they they tried to slap Penn State after that whole Jerry Sandusky issue, and, and they basically found out on the back end because they got sued by Penn State. Was this is not an NCL, NCAA thing? This is not violating recruiting rules, anything like that. This is a legal matter, and so the NCAA couldn't do anything, and which is kind of the NCAA we have now. Um, and what what have they done in recent memory? The only teams I can remember them really really hurting it. They did hurt Baylor for something else. They really went after Ole Miss after they were buying players. They went after Tennessee a little bit after the, uh, you know, the cash in the McDonald's bags. But when's the last time we saw them go after one of the big boys? You know, they yeah. let LSU off the hook. They just looked the other way on Alabama. I don't, I don't know that I have any faith that anything's going to happen to Michigan, especially from the NCAA. If anything, maybe the Big Ten because everybody else is pissed. Well, you know, this at the end of the day, like everything else in college football today, this comes down to money. And uh, if there's enough money being 
exchange behind uh, closed doors, I guarantee you this could and maybe will go away. But, man, right now at the rapid pace that it's kind of growing and getting momentum, I almost get the uh, notion that they want to make them an example. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. They're not going to move swiftly, but like you said, the Big Ten could move swiftly. So we'll we'll find out in the near future. Yeah. Well, I, I could – honestly, we could make the whole pod – about Michigan and the scandal and, and all that, but we'll, we'll move on. Um, we'll move on to the pick and we'll move on by starting with the first pick game, Michigan versus Penn state, um, Maryland versus Nebraska, Virginia tech versus Boston college, Appalachian state versus Georgia state, Tennessee versus Missouri, Rutgers versus Iowa and Auburn versus Arkansas. So those are going to be your seven pick'em games. I've got three tiebreaker games that I need everybody to pick that's still in the pick'em: Washington State versus Cal, Texas State versus Coastal Carolina, and Minnesota versus Purdue. So again, this is the last week of this round. Then we will be down to our final four. Um, so that's why we have the tiebreaker games, and we will. I will make sure everybody knows what their tiebreaker game is in case it goes to that. Although what's funny, Drew, you know, we we everybody did pretty well this week. We don't have a single tie in our Elite Eight. It's, and they're nice. all a one-game difference. Nice. Um, so every, every matchup's still up for grabs, but none of them are tied. So we'll see, we'll yeah. see how it goes this week. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see who the Final Four ends up being. Got to start announcing these games at the very end of the pod, though. We, 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 we know that. You know? We got to start announcing these games maybe the last like two minutes. Yeah, make sure everybody just, makes just throw them in, oh, by the way. You know? <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's just a different spot every week, you know, to keep the, <laughs> keep, keep the curiosity, you know, up a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I guess I should say, too, on that, I, uh, I have been sending over, since we've gone into the Elite Eight and stuff, I've been sending over your teammates' picks. I will not be doing that this week. We're gonna, you're going to have to find out the results live on – well, I guess not live because we don't record live um, – but you'll have to find out when you listen to pod the following week whether you advanced or not and how close it was. So, all right, Drew, it's time. I'll, I'll let you. I don't. I don't know why we're going to go through the coach of the year candidates because, in my opinion, it's it's pretty much a slam dunk on both conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious to hear you have. I'm gonna. I'm just going to throw up my winners right now, and then we can kind of discuss the other candidates. But anything other than Lance Leipold, Kansas's head coach for the Big Twelve. And I hate saying it, Eli Drinkowitz, Missouri's head coach for the SEC. I, I think anything else is just wrong. Yeah, you know, it's, I don't have many qualms with you about the, the Big 12, although um, I, I think there's a couple of coaches that deserve a lot of credit. You know, we've talked about them. Matt Campbell, for sure, has done a heck of a job turning that thing around. And, I mean, honestly, Neil Brown has done a great job. I mean, not not yeah. coach of the year candidate level. No, I, mean, I, Mike, I agree with you Mike on Gundy, both of those, too. Though. Mike sure. Gundy as well. One. I mean, I mean, again, you know, we talked, we talked about all three. I mean, really, all three of those we both left for dead, Drew. Um, yeah. Before the season, we thought West Virginia was going to be bad. You know, we had Iowa State and Iowa, or sorry, Iowa State and Oklahoma State were both kind of middling programs. But man, you look at it now; they're they're right in the thick of things. Yeah, and I, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think honestly, yeah, I think you're with Leipold with Kansas. I think that one nail in the head, especially with losing. You know, Jalen Daniels, that kind of thing, and the job he has done to be at seven and two. I don't have any problems yeah. with that. And the SEC is a and little bit more. 
Yeah, and it's Kansas. I mean, it, the, the brand name, it's gotten better over the years, but the consistency that he is keeping it at is really special. But SEC is a little bit more interesting for me because I, I don't you, think – Are you considering decided. Kenny Guyton? In, in yeah. The, in the mix? <laughs> well, Kenny, you know, I think Sam should uh, get a, a – Kenny big, G. You know, Sam Pittman should probably get a nod here for uh, turning this thing around, so, you know, in one week. No, I mean – I don't think it's decided yet, which is exciting to me. Uh, I think it's between Eli and I think it's between Lane uh, Kiffin. So yeah, I, I agree. Think, I think Lane. Uh, I think these last uh, three games will tell us a lot. Uh, both teams have tough, tough matchups to, to end it, but both of them, you know, are well deserved. I, I'm actually going to uh, bet on it and say Mizzou. Uh, finishes worse than Ole Miss, and I'm actually going to. I'm, I'm picking Lane to win it in the SEC. So, give okay. me give me Lane Whiffin uh, all day, baby. Get, give me some Lane Whiffin right there. He's not Whiffin this time, boys and girls. <laughs> Taking that SEC Coach of the Year. Okay. Well, that, hey, you know what? That was a lot of nice positivity for, for a lot of teams. <laughs> yes, it Let's was. Go. Hey, it's time to start crapping on some people, Drew. Let's go. Let's not go. everybody gets to go bowling. Um, so, Again, we did this last year. It's time to start keeping track of who will be home for Christmas, meaning they are officially out when it comes to bowl season. So, is that, is that where we start? Okay, you're not, sorry, you're sorry. not gonna you're not gonna finish the song. Come on. Sorry about that. I didn't, well, uh, I, I was doing my best, Bing Crosby there, but uh, didn't, didn't want to hurt anybody's ears. You know, didn't want to hurt anybody's well, ears. So. I, I guess we'll start with the first two uh, presents under the tree. I, I guess. Um, because Cincinnati and Vanderbilt have already qualified. They will not be going anywhere for Christmas. Mm. Um, mm. Yep. Both already seven plus losses. Uh, Vandy actually has eight since he has, has seven. Um, but again, we know that. We know they've already got too many losses. We knew they weren't going to weren't gonna be yeah, anywhere. Here's my question, though. Did, did Vanderbilt, did they even, like, leave their house – you know, after last Christmas, or do they leave their overnight bag there, knowing they'd be back? You know, for the next Christmas, like they're wow. you know, they're, they're they were coming back. Do you think they even packed? The I, new I, bag? Think, I think I think I think Vandy's Vandy's still living at home with his mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> he knew he Vandy's knew he wasn't going anywhere. He's living in the basement. Clearly, his place is still under uh, under construction, so he's <laughs> he's still living at home. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. You know, I. I have to think we got a couple other good. I mean Baylor. I would definitely put mm. Baylor on the going to be home for Christmas list. They're yeah. three and six, Drew, and nothing we've seen from Baylor tells me that they're gonna they're gonna go out and win three straight. No, um, no way. No. I, I mean, again, you've got Oklahoma State, Tech, and Houston all down the stretch, and it's not that those are those are unbeatable teams. Um, no, sorry, that was that was UCF schedule. I'm I'm. I'm dumb. Um, there we go. Sorry. Baylor down the stretch has Kansas State, TCU, and West Virginia. But, you know, K-State's going to be really tough. West Virginia's going to be tough. It, it it doesn't matter. Baylor's just not any good at the football. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were getting shut out by Houston's sorry defense for, you know, almost – three quarters of that game on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to be the top of my list of home for Christmas. So give, give me one of yours, Drew. You know, uh, for me, it's a tie. 
Well, I'll just the, the no doubter to me is Mississippi State. No doubt staying home for Christmas. They've yeah. got A and M, Southern Miss, and Ole Miss. Uh, they they might beat Southern Miss. Southern Miss is not very good this year, so I, I, they're going to finish up five and seven. But my uh, my dark horse to uh, to not make a bowl at this point that was sitting in pretty good position about two weeks ago is those Florida Gators. So I, I do not think yeah. that they will be bowling LSU, Mizzou. And uh, Florida State, and, and let me preface that by saying that's at LSU, night game in Death Valley, um, at Mizzou, been a tough place to play this year. With, it's another sold-out game, I think. And then you got Florida State. No way these guys are going bowling, in my opinion, five and seven, and that'll have them losing uh, the last five. So that's that's a tough way to go out if you're a Florida Gator fan. No doubt. I disagree, but that's all right. Okay. okay. I uh, – I think the Gators are going to steal one. Who are they getting? Um, Who are they getting? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna leave it till later, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to pull the big upset shocker. Florida wins in Death Valley at night this hmm. weekend. Okay. Well, I don't yep. know where, where you're getting that, but uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, I, you know what? We saw them. They beat a very good Tennessee team. LSU's kind of coming down off that Alabama loss. You know, they're feeling comfortable at home at night. And I think it's just it's tough to get up for a Florida team that's not very good, just got beat by Arkansas. I don't know. I, I, I've just got a sneaky suspicion that could be completely wrong and they get blown out by 40. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. I'm going to – I'm just – for giggles this one, Drew, I'm going to I'm gonna call it – I'm going to call the upset on that one. Well, so. the way they played this year, I could see that. Um, but uh, I'm not – I'll tell you what, who I think we could – one more that we could agree with. That is South just Carolina. about yes, South Carolina. Yep. It's pretty much got the right now. It's got all the wrapping paper on it. It's. Got I mean, I'm tape. not comfortable with them this week against Vandy. No, I'm not either. And we'll get into them further this week here in a little bit. But I mean, it's you know Vandy, Kentucky, and Clemson. Those last two, no way. Um, but uh, Vandy, you know, we'll see. I mean, they've got to they've got to win out to make a bowl game. So I, yeah. I just cannot see it. Well, and that's that's why I've got Arkansas on that list as well. Is again, they've got to win out. Um, now I know they get a freebie with FIU, but Auburn's no freebie. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the Arkansas Missouri game, and Missouri's looking really, really good this year. So I just don't see Arkansas beating both Auburn and Missouri. Um, who knows? But yeah, yeah, I've got I've got Arkansas home for Christmas. Shame on you. Shame on I know. you, young man. I'm sorry. Shame on you. We, hey, we are so jacked about the, uh, the Liberty Bowl. You have no idea. So we, we're <laughs> we are ready for that Liberty Bowl. We will not let you take that Liberty Bowl from us. We will not let you let you do that. Okay. Well, uh, anybody else you want to add to the list? Not this week. Uh, I think we'll have a lot more clarity uh, coming up. But those are the fringe teams for sure. Um, you know, I think Auburn. Uh, sneaks in, you know, with a win against New Mexico State, yeah. that kind of thing. So we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'd, I'd put I'd put BYU on the list as well, um, just because they've got a tough stretch here down the end. I mean, they've got Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State to finish the season. They've got to win one of those three. So maybe they pull an upset, but man, they they have not looked good recently. Mm-mm. Not at all. So, all right. Let's uh, let's speaking of not looking good recently, uh, you know, they got blown out last week through 37 to seven by West Virginia. Your uh, your Mountaineers are 
are really coming on strong. Come on now. I mean, listen, I'm telling you, I, I mean, I'm thinking about driving up uh, to uh, to West Virginia, to Morgantown, and letting them know that we want to be the official pod of uh, West Virginia. I mean, because this this is this is my second team. I mean, these guys have been world beaters. Uh, this might have been one of the most surprising scores of the weekend. Honestly, Jordan, we talked about this game, how it was interesting. But 37-7, to 7, West Virginia gets it done. They are bowling at this point, 6-3. and three. Uh, Another really solid game by Garrett Green. Uh, Jaheim White had a killer game in, on, the, on the ground. And BYU just didn't play well. They did not have Keaton Slovis, so that was obviously a big factor. Um, you know, guys, I'm just reading this now. Their, their quarterback. I'm not even going to try to announce this, uh, this guy's name, but <laughs> threw, threw the ball 42 times uh, Saturday night. But anyway, man, you can just see how the game went. Uh, they were behind from the get-go. But really, honestly, really impressive win from uh, from West Virginia. Yeah, totally agree. Um, well, let's, uh, let's, let's hit the big games, kind of start off there. We talked about it last week, but Alabama, LSU, basically for the West, um, and, you know, this one was how the West was won. Uh, you're not catching Alabama at this point because, again, the biggest competitors are LSU and, and Ole Miss, which Alabama's already beaten. So the Tide would have to lose twice. And, uh, well, I guess I say twice. They'd have to lose their last two conference games, and that's not happening. So the Tide rolls yet again. Um, it's a great game. You know, until Jaden Daniels got hurt, it was a lot of fun to watch. Jalen Milrow had a great game. It was a – you know, it was some big boy football, Drew. It was, but if you're an LSU fan, in my opinion, you've got to be sick. I mean, if we if we lined up ten LSU fans, one, it'd be hard to understand them. They don't speak uh, <laughs> good good English. But two, you know, they've got to sit there and say, you know, we've had one of the best offenses we've had, obviously, since Joe Burrow, but even before yeah. that, and it's wasted, completely wasted due to an inept defense. And don't get me wrong. I mean, nobody was stopping anybody in that game the other night. I mean, it was offense, 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 a battle of two great quarterbacks. But, you know, the odd thing was that, honestly, the secondary played decent and really the D-line didn't play well. And so it's almost like another unit kind of fell apart for LSU. So it's just kind of dumbfounding to me to see what you would think is LSU's strength really struggling. But – Hey, like you like to say, death, taxes, and roll tide. And uh, here we are. The second half tide came through again. Well, and it's it's interesting too, Drew. I mean, if you if you look at this, I mean, both quarterbacks threw for the exact same. 219 yards passing. Wow. Both quarterbacks over 150 yards rushing as well. Milrow had four touchdowns rushing. I mean, just the quarterback run was on full display. And, you know, for LSU – they, did, they didn't have a running game outside of Jaden Daniels. You know, Alabama still, you know, they pounded the rock. Roy Dell Williams, Jason McClellan still had, you know, 50, 60 yards apiece. So they were they were committed to the run. But, I mean, LSU really just – everything was reliant on Jaden Daniels. And especially after he got hurt, it, it's game over. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. But just – and really, Jalen Milrow, to, to see his, you know – transformation from the Texas game from a guy that looks like he didn't know what he was doing. And he, he did have some throws where you're like, eh, shouldn't have thrown that. Yeah. Oh, but for man, sure. His, his legs 
make up for it. I mean, th- this guy's coming into his own. Alabama is scary. Um, but I have a question for you, Jordan. So, would you say um, without a doubt that the SEC is a lock to get at least one team into the playoff, or, or would you would you still hold off on that comment? <sighs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say lock, just because crazy things happen. I mean, maybe Bamba gets upset by Auburn um, or Kentucky. Yeah, or or Kentucky. Uh, Georgia would have to lose one, and then maybe Bama beats them in the title game and gives them a second right. loss. And right. then depending on what else, I mean, if you got under, especially if you have undefeated Florida State, Washington, um, Ohio State, Michigan, and then and shoot, you might have both Ohio State, Michigan because if they're both, if one's undefeated, and the other one's one loss, you might see both. That you know, you think of one loss, and again, I'm not weighing the scandal and stuff into Michigan, but you've got a one loss Michigan with how good they've looked this year they very well are getting in ahead of Georgia and Alabama who both have really not looked all that great this year for a lot of it. So, right. Right. Now, and, and then you've got Texas. And again, even if Alabama does win out, if they get put there with a one loss, Texas, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Texas is getting in. Yeah. You know, I agree. they're not there that you can't, I mean, if they both have one loss and Texas beat you on your home turf. Yeah. You can't put Alabama over that team. Hmm. No. So yeah, I, I I would not say that the SEC is a lock to get a team in, um, which is crazy because I mean you think about any other season, the beginning of the season, I'd even say, oh yeah, they're a lock to get a team in. Um, but just the way the conference has looked and the way the other contenders have stacked up this year, yeah, it's it is very possible the SEC gets left out. I think. Right. It it could definitely happen when you look at the scenarios involved. I uh, I firmly agree. So, but again, that would take some things happening, like Georgia dropping at least one, if not two, games. So, yeah, right. But we talked we talked about how the West was won, Drew. Tell me how the East was won. Whew, it was dominant. I mean, it was a great game. I, mean, I shouldn't say it was dominant. That's not accurate. I mean, it, it was a great, great game. Um, you know, I thought honestly, Missouri showed a lot to us on Saturday. Um, they were better than I, I expected. I'll yeah, I read I read something where you know Georgia just flexed their muscles, blah blah blah. You know, I, I I didn't really see it that way. Honestly, I thought it was a good performance. Uh, Georgia did what they should, but I thought Mizzou played well. I mean, if not for Brady Cook, and you know what, it's just crazy, Jordan. But going back and if we listened to the pod last week, I think we both said this game would come down to Brady Cook making a mistake, and what happened? He did. He throws it directly to a lineman. And really, that was the difference in the game at the the end. That sealed it. And so, you know, it just felt like in a battle of quarterbacks again, we talked about Milrow and Daniels. You know, we're talking here about two great quarterbacks as well in this game. And and so, you know, it just came down to who was better. Carson Beck was better. Uh, Georgia just continues to roll. But, man, got to give Mizzou a lot of credit. I know this was heartbreaking for the Mizzou fan base because they wanted this one really bad. But uh, but they hung, man. They were there till the very end. But uh, them Bulldogs picking up steam, picking up steam. Yep. Well, and, and Drew, you said heartbreaking. Those that was not the only heartbreaking game uh, this weekend. There were two big matchups in the Big Twelve that both ended up heartbreaking for two teams. Um, I guess we'll start with the overtime loss for K State. This one was 
this was an interesting game because Texas led this 27 to seven. We're dominating Kansas state's offense looked terrible. Couldn't do anything. All of a sudden you get a little momentum. They get a touchdown and then they get a turnover and they score again, right off, right off of that turnover. And then they get another turnover and they score again. Um, but the, the K state kicking game is what really changed the outcome of this game. Cause they scored that second touchdown after the turnover and it's 27, 27 and they just botched the extra point. The deep snapper snapped it before the holder was looking or ready and you end up with nothing. So still tied instead of a lead. Then Texas takes a three point lead after their field goal. K-State drives down the field inside the 10 has to settle for a field goal and shanks it. Um, luckily still had their timeouts. We're able to use them get back down and kick a long field goal to force overtime. Texas goes first, kicks a field goal. Now K-State with a chance to win it, Drew. And they drive down, get a first and goal at the six. And after three plays, they gained two yards, and they didn't look good doing it. I mean, Will Howard was under a lot of pressure on all those plays. The Texas D line was looking good, and they went for it. They went for yeah. it on fourth down. And, and I get the thought process of, hey, we think this team's better than us. It's in Austin. Let's let's basically call a two-point conversion when instead of kicking the extra point to tie. That's essentially what they did by going right. for it on fourth down, down a field goal in overtime. Obviously, it didn't work. I, I don't know. I didn't like the call. Um, just based on the situation, you had just gotten shut down three times in a row right there. Couldn't run the ball. Couldn't throw. Couldn't get enough time in the backfield if you're Will Howard. And I just – I don't know. How do you feel about that call, Drew? No, I didn't like the call at all. And I'm completely with you. Um, I guess I understand the call to an extent, but I, I'm not I'm not a fan of it. So, I, we've talked a lot this year about coaches' questionable decisions. And uh, this was just another one in a long list of decisions made during the year that, that really cost K-State. And, so, and it was a shame because, like you said, they scrapped back into this thing uh, to have some improbable things happen. But – I don't know, man. I, you know, this game for me was was strange. I thought Will Howard played well enough to win. Malik Murphy will do some things where you're like, man, holy cow, this guy's otherworldly. And then he makes just a stupid throw that you're like, who is, you know, what in the world was that? I mean, his right. his connection with A.D. Mitchell is, is really smooth right now. But I'm telling you, the longer he's in there, um, I, I just feel like Texas – you know, has a chance to drop one because he's, in my opinion, he's he's more maybe of a liability uh, at times than he is, uh, you know, confidence, you know, in him. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they got TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. So, and I don't, when is Quinn coming back? Do we know? Is he day to day? They have announced him today as day to day, which okay. in my mind means he's not playing this week. Right. Um, right. And we'll see. Maybe he does, but I, I would guess. At the earliest, it'll be next weekend uh, against Iowa State. But I'm betting that well, last game of the year. I guarantee it's yeah. Texas Tech. Yep. Yeah. Would not surprise me. I, I think they just – I think they're, that's just kind of a ploy. List them as day-to-day so teams have to prepare for him. Because he, right. he is very different from Malik Murphy. And, and Malik Murphy looked good at times in this game. Um, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Jalen Milrow. Just – has a cannon can can make some throws, but he also has some throws that you're just like, did he just did he just throw that ten yards short of the receiver into the ground? Right. Just some really ugly looking throws. Yeah. Um, I don't know. K State couldn't take advantage, so I don't 
I don't see TCU doing it, but no, no, you know, Iowa state very well could. So we'll see, we'll see when we get there. Um, but yeah, again, great effort to come back for K state, but they lose in a heartbreaking fashion. Um, and they are joined by the Sooners because Oklahoma, Oklahoma state in what is sadly the final bedlam for the foreseeable future. Hopefully not forever, because I mean this is one of the great rivalries in the game, and it's a shame to lose it just because of a a conference change. So hopefully this is something here in a few years. Everybody, you know, doesn't have their feelings hurt anymore. We can we can get this game back on the schedule. Um, but of course we get we get one that goes right down to the wire, and and nothing come you can't complete a bedlam in Stillwater between these two programs without a little uh, little home cooking from the refs. So. As of uh, just like two years ago, there was a very questionable non-pass interference call in a huge moment in the game, down by six, Oklahoma driving at the end of the fourth quarter to, to take the lead, and just a botched call by the ref. I mean, I don't know. Drew, I'm sure you saw it because we tweeted it out on our, on, our, uh, on our Twitter feed, but just a complete takedown from the defensive back in the end zone of Drake Stoops. He still gets one hand on the ball, but the other arm's being pulled down to the ground can't catch it and uh the Sooners settle for a field goal with like four minutes left uh just because I think at that point it would have been fourth and 14 something like that so I don't know um overall I mean you got to credit Oklahoma State this team again was left for dead at the beginning of the season I mean they got shut out by South Alabama and all of a sudden they are seven and two and they are in the driver's seat they control their destiny in the big 12 that that right there drew is remarkable to me yeah yeah it is it is and the the emergence like we said last week of ollie gordon uh, another huge game and alan bowman playing good enough to win you know and hey i would just like to uh i would just like to you know go back we need to run the tape Uh, i think i called this Uh, i think i i think i mentioned that i thought this was going to happen and uh hey you know but i'm a noted i've been supporting the cowboys all year i never doubted them you know, throughout week to week, you know, so, uh, well, you know, and I wrote, you look I wrote at with it though. Here, I, mean, so. I mean, Ollie Gordon, for the most part, Oklahoma contained him. Yeah. Well, my, uh, my computer decided to make noises on me. <laughs> okay. Um, random advertisements from ESPN. Thank you, ESPN. Just throwing in their ads on our, on our podcast, not even paying for it. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, they, they held Ollie Gordon. I mean, he had 33 carries for 137 yards, which, it's not a bad day. Um, a it's a lot of carries. Yeah. But compared to what he had been doing, because I think, you know, in the last two weeks he's gone over 250 and, you know, on 22 carries, something like that. So, oh, you did a good job of him and him. And, and, and again, the Sooners outrushed Oklahoma State. They outpassed Oklahoma State. They had a better third down conversion percentage than Oklahoma State. Um, problem is they also led Oklahoma State in penalties and in turnovers. And, that, that really just came back to bite him. In fact, the only 10 points that the Cowboys scored in the second half all came off of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's same song, different verse for Oklahoma. Because last week we talked about Kansas just outplaying your opponent and then just doing really, really undisciplined, stupid things, turn the ball over, bad penalties at bad times. And this team is reeling right now. And you know what? They're going to have a tough time because they got to get right against uh, West Virginia this week, who is steamrolling into Norman. Yeah, tough spot. Tough spot, uh, playing a really hot team. Um, but, you know, 
at the end of the day, OU is a better team. We'll talk about it. But I mean, they they should win this game. We'll we'll so we'll find out a lot about OU's uh, heart and kind of what they've got left in the tank here at the end of the season. But tough loss to OSU. I, I'm with you. I hope this uh, rivalry does not go away forever because man, we were treated with a heck of a game Saturday, and uh, you can only hope that they meet in a bowl game somehow in the future or something like that. This game needs to stay. They need to figure out a way to make it happen. All right, I got a I got a fun question for you, Drew, and I have a lot of confidence that you're not going to know the answer to this. The uh, Not this past weekend, but the weekend before, you know how the analytics tracks how fast the player's running down the field, you know, mm-hmm. on plays like 22 miles an hour or whatever. Um, do you know who has clocked the fastest time in the country this season in college football? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who? It was a touchdown run two weeks ago against Oklahoma. It was quarterback Jason Bean for Kansas. Okay. Really? Yeah. yeah That's I know. impressive. I mean, I knew he was a good runner. I knew he had some speed. But, man, the fastest in the country on that play. So, there's your uh, fun fact for the day. And Jason Bean threw for 287 through the air as well this weekend as they knocked off Iowa State in what was a really, really big win for Kansas. Um, Huge win. Huge win. Huge win. I mean, that's, that, is a, that is a team in Iowa State that's really been coming on strong. Um, and like we talked about with Lance Leipold being a heavy coach of the year candidate, I mean, they're 7-2, and two, Drew. And they're number 21 now, but they're going to move up when they, when they release the new poll. Um, I mean, I don't know how you can't be impressed with what Kansas is doing right now. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, it's impressive because it's almost like you can plug and play. You know, it's not it's not one player, it's not one scheme or anything like that. I mean, Leipold is showing that, you know, he's got the guys, he's got some depth to work with too. And, uh, you know, Jason Bean's a heck of an athlete. We're just seeing the beginning of him kind mm-hmm. of emerging. But, I mean, it may not look crazy impressive on paper. They beat, you know, Iowa State. But, hey, Iowa State, we just talked about them last week. They were moving and, and you know, getting momentum too. We could easily yeah, They were 4-1 in the State. Big 12. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a it's a great win. And uh, Kansas, they're not being talked about enough. I mean, they're really not. 7-2, uh, 4-2 well, conference. Yeah, and down the stretch, Drew, I mean, they've got Texas Tech and Cincinnati, which neither one of those is lighting the world on fire. Um, and then K-State. So, very reasonably could see Kansas winning at least nine games in the regular season, which, again, doing that at Kansas is just – it's crazy. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, it's amazing. You know, there are other coaches that are uh, doing less with more than Lance Leipold. That's for sure. Um, I, I guess we're going to do it. We're, we're going to go in on Shane Beamer right now. Um, South Carolina, you know, Drew, you called the upset. It didn't happen. Jacksonville State comes up short. But they did have South Carolina tied at 28 going into the fourth. So they gave them a good fight. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how how far this thing steamrolls for the for the Gamecocks. Yep, and we got another uh, Shane Beamer special after the game, of course, uh, crybaby uh, deal going on. He basically told the media that they need to get over themselves, that uh, these Gamecock players were going to celebrate the win, be happy because a win is a win. In the uh, mighty SEC, this was a big deal to, to beat a uh, Jacksonville State team, and uh, they were going to celebrate. So they were going to still make yeah. it fun, even though nobody else wanted to make it fun. It it, it was just another, you know, long uh, – added to the long list of bad looks for Shane Beamer. I'm telling you, this thing is going south uh, really quick. Right. And it's, it's just 
he's just the season needs to be over for South I, I had I had one of our fans reach out and say that we needed to make it a segment. Um, <laughs> yeah, just geared around Shane Beamer and his his whining. I, I don't know. Maybe oh. we we name when I decide to do my old man yelling at clouds routine. Maybe we just name it something something to the effect of uh, of Shane Beamer. But yeah, and, and again, this by itself not a big deal. The kicking something and breaking his foot. Okay, stupid, but maybe not a big deal. The mm. complaining about the Missouri press conference room. But when it's something every single freaking week, it is such a bad look. And now a guy that I was super high on before the season has just trashed my opinion of him very, very quickly. We're nine games in now. Um, and again, it's not even just about the field performance. It's it's the nonsense that he's bringing to the press conference every single week. It's just, I don't know. He's got to clean it up. Yeah. And, and, and again, we're just finding out like they didn't have the dudes that we thought they had. And I mean, they, and you've said it, Jordan, every week they lost a lot. They lost some, some critical pieces, but I mean, they, they just don't have it. And uh, I, I'm starting to really worry about Shane's long-term ability to hang here uh, just emotionally. I mean, he, he just, he's a roller coaster. I mean, we love him on this pod because we can laugh about him and make make fun of him. <laughs> we're not I we're mean, not he, South Carolina fans either, so you know, I, you know, and, and I compare him with like Drinkwitz. Okay, you know, people get mad at Eli because if he has some antics as well, but uh, he he's backing it up. I mean, he's backing it up this year. He's got the dudes on campus, and maybe we need to give Shane a little more time. But this uh, this is not a bad Jacksonville State team. We talked about it last week. But it, uh, they really should have lost this game, honestly. And uh, if they did lose this game, we're having a way different conversation conversation today than uh, we are right now. So, Well, you, you know who finally didn't lose their game? Woo Pig. Woo, Woo Pig. pig. <laughs> Come on. Tell, tell me about it, Drew. I know you're trying oh. to talk about the Hogs upset of Florida in Gainesville, no less. Yeah, first time ever to, for the Hogs to beat Florida in Gainesville, a big deal. The blackout uh, was 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 not uh, not not what it uh, was made out to be. Which which, by the way, you know, so Florida Florida decides to uh, to, to to make this a blackout like eight or nine months before this game. Okay, they find out oh, it's eleven a.m. They find out it's eleven a.m. game, and they still commit themselves to a blackout game. To me. It was idiotic. It was really dumb. Uh, just a side note there. But, no, the Hogs, uh, they were channeling their Kenny G, Kenny G energy in this game. That first drive, they come down, they score. It looks great. They just happened to not do anything the next five or six drives after that. Right. But, uh, you know, at halftime when it was 14-14, Jordan – or, sorry, 17-17, I believe, at halftime. Correct. I really thought that was a win for Florida uh, at the time because of the way we started. But, but yeah, it's 14 nothing Hogs right off the bat. Yeah, I mean it. We came out hot, you know. We came out hot, and uh, but give a lot of credit to uh, Rocket KJ. They they literally willed us to a win on Saturday. They played grown man football, and uh, you know on the other side, though Florida, I thought the defense was really, really weak, and uh, I thought it was kind of pitiful. And, and again, Jordan, questionable decision making. At the Ooh. end of regulation. I mean, I'll let you kind of talk it's, about that for just a second. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. So, for those that didn't watch the game, I, I can't remember how many how many seconds were left. But we're talking about 10 seconds left. Um, Florida gets down into a short field goal. I mean, we're just talking just inside the 20. Um, 
So the offense needs to get down there and spike it, right? You know, stop the clock. Well, for whatever reason, the field goal team runs onto the field. I guess the only thing I can think of, Drew, is that was I think might have been on third down. So maybe they just had the field goal team like, hey, you got to be ready in case this goes to fourth down and and we got to go run out and kick it. Well, Florida picks up the first down. So now you just go run down and you spike it and take your time getting the field goal unit on. You don't have to rush out there. Well, instead, they do both. So the offense is running down there to spike the ball. Meanwhile, the uh, special teams units running onto the field. I, I don't even know how they sorted this all out. I mean, obviously the special teams unit runs back off, they spike it, but they, it, I don't know. There, there were players everywhere. What, 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 what happened there, Drew? Cause I, I really couldn't tell you how that's not just a penalty on Florida and with a moving clock, just a 10 second runoff. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, they're lucky that this thing didn't go the other way because that, you know, Sam was mad. In my opinion, it should have been a 10-second runoff. Maybe there's a, a rule deep in, the, deep in the rule book that I don't know about, but should have been a 10-second runoff, you know. And going to and overtime. And go – and yeah, exactly. And just go to overtime which, and you move on, which happened you anyway. Know, it's, it's the old but, basketball adage, you know, the ball don't lie. So, misses the field goal and everything is right with the world. Um, otherwise, you know, this would have been very similar to the – what was it, Auburn game a couple of years ago, Drew, where yeah. they – the quarterback spikes the ball backwards, and they still yeah. called it incomplete for whatever yeah. reason. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Oh, yeah. was that right? Okay. Yeah. It was Bo Nix. So, yeah, yeah just, a, just a cluster there from Florida. But it didn't matter. They got to kick the field goal. But, you know, you got to think some of that just, I don't know, indecision and, and just general chaos might have contributed to him missing that field goal. So, yeah. I don't know. But it, either way, it was really, really bad looking and stupid from Napier. Um, and would have been a much bigger – well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's still – you know, had they gotten the 10-second runoff, I think it would have been a much bigger deal because then you lose in overtime. So, yeah. luckily, he, <laughs> luckily the kicker missed the kick. Um, I say luckily. You know, had he made the kick, you know, everything would have been forgiven for Napier. But him missing the kick and get, at least getting to kick it, kind of gets Napier off the hook a little bit, but that was a really, really bad decision on his part. Yeah, and just if you're a Florida fan, storied program, you know, I mean, I'm an Arkansas fan, but you don't you don't lose Arkansas, you know. And, uh, <laughs> this, this is going to kick off. A, I know BYU doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, oh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, this could kick off a five-game losing streak, and, uh, and I, I told you guys via text on Saturday, I really think that they'll look back on – Billy Napier's time at Florida and see this game as a turning point. And uh, I, I just – I don't know. I know he can recruit, but uh, maybe we be, we need to be more patient. But I just think this was an inexcusable loss that will cause them to miss a bowl game. I really do. So okay. Now, the Hogs, though, a lot of juice. Man, they look motivated. And, uh, Jordan, I was going to ask you, do you think it's possible in 2023 for KJ and Rocket to sue Dan Enos for, for damages? Do you, do you think? <laughs> they uh, probably I'll, should. I mean, they probably should. Hey, right you know what, Drew? Should. They can both come back. So <laughs> Yes, they can. They we'll, can. See, we'll see what they decide to do. But they, yes, could, they could come back. So they can, they can go move forward with the Kenny Guyton offense. There you go. They, um, could, also tra- they could also transfer. That's fair, too. That's fair, too. Um, hey, you know, it, it could be worse. You could be in the Mississippi State offense. So mm, mm, uh, mm. 24-3 on Saturday. They fall at home to Kentucky. This was one of my big three bets. 
Devin Leary, you know, again, didn't even have to do a whole lot. I mean, he had 156 yards passing. Ray Davis didn't do a ton, 80 yards rushing. So it's just Mississippi State did absolutely nothing on the offensive side. Um, I don't know. At at this point, Mississippi State's just been bad on both sides of the ball. And I think you're you're trending towards that Zach Arnett firing. Yeah, and they lost. Uh, they lost. I think their number one recruit today, Braxton Burnside. Not Braxton. Wow, what's his last? I can't remember his, his first name. But anyway, big receiver out of Mississippi. He decommitted today. I mean, the writing is on the wall, Jordan. Uh, you know, we've talked about it for Zach Arnett, and uh, unfortunately, I just don't think there's any way he survives. So, I, yeah. you know, you got to put your foot down at some point and say, hey the longer that we keep this going, the more damage we do in the future. And so uh, I think we'll see a change happening as soon as the season's over. Okay. Well, Dan Mullen. Uh, Dan Mullen yeah, coming back. Dan Mullen coming back. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It would not be a bad hire for them. No, it wouldn't. Um, worked no, it wouldn't. before. So, um, Auburn cruises, you know, 16-point victory over Vanderbilt. Um, Good win. About what, you, yeah, about what you expect. And, again, they set themselves up that – you know, went over New Mexico State, gets in bowling. You know, at this point, that's sure. got to be the goal. Sure. So absolutely. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you want to talk about the fifty-six point win from Tennessee over UConn, <laughs> but that. yeah, they they hey, uh, they three defensive that. touchdowns, three defensive touchdowns in that game. That defense keeps rolling. So uh, you got to give them that. That is really good. That pass rush hey. is is elite. Hey, and I'll say this real quick about uh, about Billy Napier, real quick. With one more loss, Billy Napier would be guaranteed to have the fewest number of wins of any Florida coach through two through two seasons uh, ever. So that's that's not you know, good. He's getting, he's getting in rare air, rare air there. So, all right, let's wrap up the uh, the SEC um, with your with your Ole Miss Rebels. Lane Whiffin, he didn't whiff on this one either. Um, and you know this is probably one he circles. I he, I don't know what it is, but he hates he hates some Jimbo, um, which I I personally I find entertaining. Like that he just he's always sniping at Jimbo. I'm really disappointed Jimbo hasn't sniped back a whole lot yet. Um, of course, then again, I think a lot of guys just accept that it, that's just Lane because he does it at everybody. Um, but he he seems to go a little bit extra for for Jimbo, but. It was a great game, though. Uh, A&M really rallied down the stretch. Uh, even had a shot to tie the game with a field goal and came up just short. Um, I don't know. I, I saw Paul Feinbaum talking about this might be the book closing on Jimbo Fisher. Do you do you buy it, Drew? Are they are they going to close the book on him this year? Well, I, I, the book is the book has is cracked. I'll tell you that. But I'll tell you what, he loses this week, my friend, to Mississippi State. He won't make it to the tunnel. Uh, no. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, here you go, man. You know, this week in your newest Jimbo Fisher crappy stat, Jimbo Fisher, six and twelve in the last eighteen games against P5 opponents. I mean, it's just mm. embarrassing, man. With the talent that they have, we say it every week. I mean, it's just, it's just, we're trying to pound, you know, a circle into a square hole over yeah. and over and over. Their O line is just. Atrocious. It's awful, and all they do is leave and, Max Johnson in hey, the pocket the whole game. I mean, well, Drew, let me ask you this: you you picked the Aggies in the upset here, did you not? <laughs> I did. Well, I don't know what. Do you well, do you remember why I said I wasn't? I said uh, I thought Max. I agreed with you that Max Johnson was tough, but I didn't think he was tough enough to take the yeah. hits that he was going to because that line so bad. And sure enough, Max Johnson got just 
destroyed in that game. I mean, yeah, I just I just thought that Brad that you know Brad Johnson would would motivate his son. You know, since they have so many camera angles, Brad in the crowd. You know, I thought that that would motivate it. Motivate well, it, it was not better. enough. He did throw a touchdown to his brother, Matt, uh, Jake Johnson, but yeah, you know that didn't seem to help him win. Um, no, that that O line is just garbage. 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 Uh, and it's crazy because again, they have a lot of talent on that line. So I mean, you look at them from an individual standpoint. I mean, they can. They hold up pretty well one-on-one, but they just – I don't know if they don't understand blocking schemes, but far too often you are seeing guys basically come through untouched and just level quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and here's you got to fire Jordan. the O-line coach, Steve Adazio. He, he's you, you got have, to go. You have to. And Arkansas's O-line is terrible too, and I compare it because Arkansas finally this week rolled KJ out to at least protect him. And A&M's not even doing that. I mean, they're literally doing the same thing over and over again. Max Johnson's throwing off his back foot, which, I mean, he had a pick, a, a costly pick. They're right mm-hmm. in the red zone. Should have had another one that got reviewed. But, uh, you know, just just unfortunate. And, I mean, again, it, no one underachieves more with the talent that they have than Jimbo Fisher. And it's just, it's just time, man. I mean, this thing, if you're an Aggie fan, I, I don't know how you stand it. I, re- I really don't know how you stand it. Uh, there's guys that are be- being underutilized. Uh, I look at a guy like Moose Muhammad, three catches for 23 yards. Le'Veon Moss, you know, decent game. Reuben Owens is not being utilized. I mean, it's sad. I mean, it really it, – it's just sad. You know, I mean, money can't buy everything, Jordan, I guess. No, but they've got a lot of wrap- – I mean, they've got a ton of money wrapped up, not just in the NIL money with that those players. But, again, yeah. that's what I come back to is the amount of money wrapped up in Jimbo's contract. And and you know you look at it like, let's say let's say you fire him, Drew. My issue is then do all those guys that are you know again from that number one ranked recruiting class that will be juniors next year. Do you have a chunk of them, a, a large chunk of them, hit the portal? Because you gotta you gotta weigh that in the decision of man, do we want to let Jimbo have one last ride and try to try to do this thing with a healthy Connor Wegman and that number one recruiting class. Finally, his upperclassmen, like kind of the last hurrah. Like if you can't win with these guys as juniors, you're done. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I know what Feinbaum said, but I, I'm going to stick with it. I think Jimbo gets one more year to get this thing right. Yeah. So. I mean, he's, he's got he's to gotta have some success here down the stretch, man. I'm telling you. I, oh, he I does. agree. I yeah. mean, one, you, you can't you can't lose um, your two gimme games. You got Mississippi State and, what, Abilene Christian. You have yeah. to win those. And, and even then, if you win those and lose to LSU, I mean, you're still – it's still questionable. Um, but I think you definitely – he definitely gets retained another year if he can win all three of those. But, again, they're sure. – I mean, they're five and four right now. They're five and seven last year. Yeah. That's, that's not good. Not uh, For the amount of talent that they have brought in, to have a losing record still over the last two years, just bad. Mm-hmm. Yep, but it is pitiful. You know, speaking of uh, speaking of coaches that might be on the hot seat a little bit, Baylor, they uh, they did a whole lot of nothing for most of this game. They rallied late, forced overtime, and then Houston gets the touchdown and decides to go for two to win it, and they get it. So 25-24 in overtime in Waco, no less. Houston. Houston's the uh, the one new Big Twelve team that seems to be having some success against the other against the founding members, um, you know, as, as, and and it just amazing fashion, Drew, because their two wins were a hail mary to knock off West Virginia, 
and then a two-point conversion to win it by one against Baylor in overtime. Yeah, dramatic so, passing. And I think I think we both picked Houston in this. I just you know Baylor is is trending in a very very poor direction. I think this might be Dave Aranda's last season. Yes, I agree. I agree. So, all right, we'll wrap up Big Twelve, UCF, Cincinnati. One of these teams was guaranteed to finally have their first Big Twelve win. The Golden Knights get it, twenty-eight to twenty-six. Cincinnati scored a touchdown at the end to to pull within a two-point conversion, which they failed, and that was all she wrote. So UCF goes to four and five. They can still battle on to maybe maybe get to a bowl game. Um, they'll, they'll have a tough stretch to do that in, but it is it is still possible for UCF. And you know, again, we talked about. It. I think their future is still fairly bright. I mean, RJ Harvey had a great game, one hundred sixty-four yards rushing and three touchdowns. So they'll they'll be okay. Um, but again, you you, you got to get to a bowl game if you're UCF. You got to have something to point towards. Like, hey, got to a bowl game. Now we're going to get better. Right. Agree. Yep. So, all right. Well, if you have no uh, – oh, you know what, Drew? We almost forgot one again. Every time. Every time there's a Thursday or Friday game, I try to skip it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the battle of the uh, really disappointing teams, TCU, Texas Tech, another thrilling finish. Um, I mean, this one went right down to the wire too, but the Red Raiders finally get a big win. Another big day from Taj Brooks, 146 yards rushing, and uh, Tech wins this one in Lubbock. Any any thoughts on uh, on those two teams, Drew? Fun game. I mean, like you said, battle of the the disappointments. Um, fun game. But it's Taj nice to have Brooks. a Thursday Thursday night game, though. Yes. Yeah. Taj Brooks got eleven. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Thursday night game anytime. But uh, you know, I could see Tech finishing. Uh, a little, a little, a little spurt here at the end. We'll see. TCU completely disappointing season uh, with what we thought they'd have. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's all. That's all the airtime I think these these two teams deserve. That's, <laughs> that, that was probably more. That was probably more. probably so, probably. All right, let's look forward this upcoming week. Game of the week: Rebels, Dogs. Ole Miss goes to Athens to face Georgia. Um, Georgia really lucking out with getting home games against their toughest opponents too. But who do you see winning that one, Drew? You know, and this is this is kind of interesting. So CBS has has picked Georgia so many times; they only they only could choose them one more time uh, this season, and they chose to have the Tennessee game next week as their uh-huh. CBS game. So that inadvertently made Ole Miss get a night game at Sanford Stadium, which uh, Georgia doesn't get a whole lot of night games uh, just due to they're usually in that two thirty slot. So, I think that's bad for Ole Miss. Uh, Sanford Stadium at night is very challenging to win in. And uh, those dogs are rolling right now, man. I, I do think this is a good game, but I also think it's kind of kind of similar to LSU-Bama. Last week, I think in that mid-third quarter, you see one team just kind of pull ahead. So, give me those dogs at night in Sanford Stadium. Yep, I agree. And uh, I think they cover the 10-point spread as well. So, um, you know, uh, kind of a big game, Drew, and not kind of. I mean, it is a big game. Tennessee, Missouri, both seven and two. Um, there's big difference between eight and two and seven and three. So this is a big game for this one. The line is Tennessee by one. It's at Missouri. Man, I, I, I it's tough, and it's real tight. A lot of me says take Missouri, but something tells me as good as that Tennessee pass rush has been. 
Brady Cook's going to make some mistakes again. I'm, I'm going to take the balls on the road. Yeah, I, I like that pick. And, yeah, this game's weird. It's like both teams are very similar. Uh, both quarterbacks, it's like you, you kind of like them, but you don't really trust them at times yeah, either. Exactly. Both of them. Um, but, you know, uh, Mizzou didn't scare me as far as a uh, home field advantage so much. And, and I really love that Tennessee defense. You nailed it. They're going to be the difference. Give me Tennessee uh, to co- – hey, it's not hard to cover at one. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to cover. Bold. Yeah. Bold no. call. But uh, I kind of think Mizzou could end with a flurry here at the end of the season. It's uh, let's let's see what happens. But give me give me those balls of picking up steam here at the end of the season. Alabama have any trouble on the road at Kentucky? Uh, you know, eleven a.m. kick. Yeah, this is a game I talked about in in preseason when I was jacked up about Kentucky. Of course, um, again, until you know, we're not at this point. We're not going to see it. Devin Leary is not who we thought he would be. Alabama is rolling. Jalen Melrose getting better and better and better. Alabama has no problem in Lexington, and uh, they're 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 going to beat that cover ten and a half right now. They're gonna uh, they're gonna cover that. Yeah, um, I like Kentucky. I think Kentucky's no. gonna gonna Good play cover. a heck of a game. No, I think Kentucky's gonna cover in the first half. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think Kentucky keeps this within a touchdown or so, maybe even a field goal in the first half. I think they keep it fairly tight. Um, while Alabama, you know, nurses that hangover from the big LSU win. And then in the second half, the tide wakes up. They, uh, they get a whole lot of Nick Saban in their butt in the half and, uh, they come out second half and just light it up. So I, I think, it. I think Alabama covers the spread at the end of the day, but I think Kentucky's going to keep this tight in the first half. Yep. I like it. All right, another game that a lot of people are excited about and really want to watch is that South Carolina-Vanderbilt game. Uh, <laughs> I, I legitimately think South I mean, South Carolina is almost a two-touchdown favorite. I legitimately think they could lose this game with how bad they've been trending. Um, but, I, yeah, I like Vandy to cover. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick South Carolina to scrape by so that they can celebrate another big win. Mm, man. Ugh. I do. do it. I hate. I hate games like this. I really do. You what, know what? Crap games. I'm pick, I'm picking Vanderbilt in this game because I'm so freaking. I, I, you know what? I'm I'm simply picking Vanderbilt so that we can hear Shane Beamer blame like some lady in the crowd that they lost. So I, I that's I, I <laughs> want. I want. Uh, I, you know, in all seriousness, though, I could see them losing this game with how things are going. And Vanderbilt's kind of – you feel like they should have had one of those weird games like last year where they beat Florida, um, kind of pop up on somebody. And so, I just – it's 11 o'clock game, probably sleepwalking over williams Bryce. Uh, give me give me Vanderbilt, baby. Give me Vanderbilt or give me okay. death. Let's go. Let's go. Arkansas hosting Auburn. Two – or, sorry, no, 3 o'clock kick. Um, and Fayetteville, game. you know – I, I, this is going to be one of my big three bets. I love the Hogs in this one. I think Auburn's been playing well. Um, and, and Arkansas, you know, it, it, this was two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm picking Auburn in this football game. But now you're coming back in front of a home crowd after your OC change and Kenny Guyton got the offense rolling. There's going to be a lot for a three and six football team. There's going to be a home crowd atmosphere in this one because of the, I guess, the motivation and the little, little bit of extra juice that got injected into their veins. So give me the Hogs minus three. I like them to win by more than that. 
Yep, I like it. Hogs have three straight home games coming up. Uh, they know they got to have this one. Uh, uh, you know, people keep forgetting Arkansas's defense has been fantastic all year, and uh, they're going to show up big on Saturday. That offense is going to keep going, and so I, I think positive vibes, no doubt in Fayetteville right now. Give me them Hogs. Uh, finally, feels good to be a homer this week. And, yeah, uh, I think I think they crushed that line. Um, let's 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 give us win by ten. 10 to 14 points, something like that. Uh, Hogs get that fourth win and uh, leading to a collision course with Mizzou to get bowl eligible at the end of the season. All right. A&M hosting Mississippi State. I don't – I have not seen – I don't know what the status is on Max Johnson, so that makes it a little bit tougher, but not really because it's still Mississippi State this year. Um, I like the Aggies. That line has jumped up. It's, a, it's an interesting line. I mean, A&M's favored by 17-and-a-half in a game where the over-under is – 44 points so yeah it's going to be a low scoring affair and if no max johnson this may be a really low this might be like an arkansas mississippi state 7-3 score either way whatever the score is i still like the aggies yeah giving the Aggies. i mean if mississippi state had a pulse anybody that could play um you know this would be a dangerous game but just no way i mean you can't convince me that uh that, that they can pull this off so yeah give me the aggies all right, no surprise here because I already said it. Two touchdown favorite, LSU hosting five and four Florida. But I already said it. I'm going to stick with it. It's time for the big Gator upset. It just, I don't know, something <laughs> in my bones, Drew. This isn't even necessarily a football thing. This is just something tells me the Gators are going to come out and win this game. Um, they shouldn't. But I'm, I'm going to stick with what I said, and I'm going to take Florida. No way. No <laughs> way. There, there is no way. Does Florida that cover happens. the 14? Uh, now, I will tell you this. You know, um, the the caveat that we haven't talked about is Jalen Daniels – or, sorry, Jaden Daniels very well may not play in this game. Um, we don't know his status right now. We won't know it probably until closer to game time. And if even he if he did, plays, he's banged up. He, yeah, he's banged up. And I, I'm not real confident in Garrett Nussmeyer at this point. So, with that – with that part of it, you know, I, I could see it happening. Still give me LSU. You just told me no way. Um, don't don't back down now. <laughs> well, I forgot Jaden Daniels uh, is, is banged up. So, which, by the way, targeting or not targeting. Uh, I'll have to go into that. Um, on Jaden Daniels. I, I don't know. Might have been a targeting call there in the Bama game if they missed. But uh, still wouldn't have mattered. But uh, give, me, give me LSU. Um, I don't think he plays this week. I think Nussmeyer plays. But LSU, uh, I don't think LSU will cover if he plays, but I think they win. Okay. All right, switch it over to the Big Twelve. Uh, you know what? It's hard to it's hard to pick the big game because there's not really any of them. Uh, I guess the biggest one is going to be that OU West Virginia game. Um, that might feature the only two. That might be the only game in the Big Twelve where both teams have a winning record. Uh, mm. Nope, nope. There is a, there's a couple others, but. No, nope, there's one other. Iowa State at BYU, but I don't – and how BYU has a winning record at this point is beyond me. Um, so, Oklahoma, West Virginia, the line is up to OU minus 13. And the Sooners have looked pretty rough the last three weeks. Do they win and do they cover, Drew? I'm picking them win. Yeah, they're, they're the better team. So, I mean, they should win this game. I think they bounce back. Um, oh, man, that line – that line is sneaky right there at 13. 
I'm I'm taking them to cover. Barely, barely, wow. barely, barely, barely. So basically by 14. By 14. Yeah, by yeah. two touchdowns. Okay. Two touchdowns. I, I, I agree just because OU needs this. They, uh, after the last two weeks, if you lose this game, it, I mean, everything's lost for the season. You've got to bounce back and you've got to have it now. Um, all right. One of my next big three bets, Drew, Houston hosting Cincinnati. Uh, Houston's really coming on strong here down the stretch. They're only favored by two and a half. They're at home. Cincinnati's got nothing to play for at this point. I mean, they're not going to a bowl game. Give me the Cougars minus two and a half. Yeah, I can't believe that line, honestly. Um, Cincinnati's looked really bad here lately. Um, so, yeah, give me Houston, man. No doubt. Cover. I'm, I'm with you. All right, I'll wrap up my big three bets with this next one. Texas at TCU. The Horned Frogs don't have a home crowd. Um, there will probably be more Texas fans at this game. Texas is only favored by 10. I don't care if Malik Murphy's kind of eh. TCU is really – that entire team is meh. So – Give me the horns to cover 10. This is when I get scared. I'm like, why are they setting that line at 10? I'm like, somebody knows something that we don't. Um, it's just a weird line. Another weird line. Texas, no doubter, they cover. I don't think Texas plays well. I think it's ugly again, but give us Texas. All right. Well, you know, we talked about this before on the pod. You don't win night games in Provo, Utah. BYU hosts Iowa State. Not just the night game. This is what this what kind of throws me off, Drew. It is a late night. It is a nine fifteen kickoff, which means I'm going to watch the watch the game the next morning. Um, mm-hmm. Iowa State is favored by six and a half. If this was any kind of a normal time, I'd be jumping on that line. Um, I think Iowa State's a lot better than BYU. I don't like. I don't. I don't know. Night game in Provo to begin with, but nine fifteen. That's just a that's a late kick, and it, and it makes me a little bit nervous. I'm still going to stick with the Cyclones, but I think this is a field goal game. Yeah, sneaky. You know, we've talked about uh, BYU and Provo at night, so uh, weird things happen. But I take Iowa State, and uh, I do think they cover actually. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. All right. Is it bounce back week for Kansas State after the loss to Texas? Yeah, it's definitely bounce so. back. They are a three touchdown favorite over Baylor. I don't know. Something tells me they don't cover that, but I think K State bounces back and wins comfortably. Yeah, they win comfortably. No reason to dig into that one. All right. So a couple teams that want to keep the ball rolling: Kansas hosting Texas Tech. KU is a uh, three and a half point favorite. I don't know. Texas Tech's been playing decent lately, um, but man, Kansas—they've got more to play for. I think Rock Chalk. Yep, Rock Chalk. And, uh, I mean, Kansas got so much to play for, man. I mean, like you said a minute ago, potentially a nine-win season. Uh, Jason Bean is just on fire right now. So, yeah, give us Kansas in Lawrence. Um, raucous crowd, I'm sure, there in Lawrence. So, yeah, give us the Jayhawks. <laughs> okay. Let's wrap up with whether or not the Oklahoma State Cowboys keep rolling. Really interesting line. They go at UCF, which again, UCF is four and five overall, but they're one and five in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, despite being seven and two and five and one in the Big 12 and, you know, ranked in the teens, they're a two and a half point favorite. Um, this is this is one of those lines, Drew, that just makes me so uncomfortable that I refuse to bet it. 
I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna pick Oklahoma State, but I'm. I don't know. That that line makes me very uncomfortable. You know what? I'm picking the upset. UCF beats Oklahoma State. John Reese Plumley. I just. I'm not quite. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, that, and I'm not quite to the point yet where I have so much confidence in Oklahoma State that I'm like, wow, they're just an amazing team that has totally turned this around. I I think they're going to figure out on the road that they kind of relapse a little bit back to their old ways. And I think they let UCF hang around in this. And I think Plumley makes enough plays uh, to, to beat them there at the end. So give me, give me those okay. UCF golden Knights. And like you said, they're trying to make a bowl game. So yeah. UCF's got something to play for and they pull off a little shocker upset here. All right. I got, I got two more for you, Drew, before we get out of here, we're going to go national big 10 matchup, Michigan at Penn state. You got number three versus number 11. Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Do they steal one in Happy Valley? <sighs> no. 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 I, I'm not. The uh, upset. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. What do I want to do here? I'm on like an anti-Michigan anti Michigan train right yep. now. Um, I think it's close. I think it's close. Uh, I, man, I wish this was a night game. Cause man, that's a that's a crazy place at night. But no, no it's the let, Fox game of the week, baby. We got to put that I'm at eleven a, o'clock. Yeah, I'm tracking. I'm backtracking a little bit. Give me Michigan, but I think it's close, man. I really, I, I like that line at four and a half. I actually yep. think that it'll be a touchdown or a field. Excuse me, a field goal type game. Give me Michigan, but uh, but a close, too close for comfort type game for uh, for Harbaugh. I don't know. There's a lot going on with Michigan. But from a straight football standpoint, I, I, I like Michigan by two touchdowns in this game. Um, we'll see. I'll, I'll stick with that. I'll, I'll ignore the, the scandal noise and, and, and say Michigan by 14. So, um, Pac-12, big matchup. Number five, Washington hosts number 18, Utah. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the upset on this one. Ooh. I think the Utes go in. I think Washington's riding a little high right now. They get a lot of themselves after uh, beating Oregon, after beating Caleb Williams and USC. And Utah is just such a solidly coached football team that they're going to make them pay. Man, I you know, I really like Washington right now. I like Michael Penix. I like their coach. Man, they, they they got it going on. So I, I'm not picking it at Husky Stadium in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Not picking against Washington. Give me uh, give me those Huskies uh, to cover as well. Okay. Well, like I said, I I don't know what got into me tonight, Drew. I just thought about getting <laughs> crazy and picking a bunch of upsets. Apparently, that's so, right. That's uh, right. Rehashing that big three bets: Houston minus two and a half, Texas minus ten, and Arkansas minus two and a half. So go bet them. Go make some money. We are uh, three weeks in a row that we've had a winning record on the big three bets, Drew. So we are wow. we are we're getting our feet under us. Let's uh let's start making some money. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, Drew, I'll let you get out of here. You got things to do. I got things to do. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Drew, I guess sign us off. All right, guys. Enjoy another great week of football. We had a great week last week. We're coming down to the final stretch. Who will solidify themselves this week? Tune in. Catch us next week to talk all about it.